I wanted to talk today just for a little bit um, about the way ahead because we come to this, we've, we, you know, like 20 plus years and, and, and just, you know, it's good periodically, I think, to think about, well, where are we going? What, you know, what is the direction and, and uh, who are we? And, and uh, well, we are Calvary Chapel Green Meadow and, and we really just want to be what God has called us to be, ultimately to be who we are and not to try to be somebody else, not to be some other church or some other Calvary Chapel or some horizon or anything else. We want to be who God has made us to be. And that's really, uh, that takes some of the pressure off, right, when we're trying to perform and be something else. We just want to be who God has called us to be. And I hope that, that um, you know, that that's the kind of impression that, that you get when you come here, that, hey, we're just being real. We're just being who we are. doesn't mean we got to get into all the you know, uh, you know how, how bad we are. We already know that kind of stuff. I could get up here and, and, beat, and beat you down and tell you how bad you are, but the thing is you already know how bad you are. I don't need to tell you that, right? I'm not talking about going out and doing a lot of bad things. I'm just talking about inside of us, we're sinners. We're just sinners, and we need the grace of God, and we need the love of God and the mercy of God in our lives. The way ahead, and, and I, you know, I, I, I just had this idea like about a year or a year and a half ago that the way ahead is prayer, and, and really I think that that has not changed. In fact, I think it's become more and more uh, apparent that that is the way ahead. You know, of course, there's a whole bunch of things which I'll, I'm going to mention here as we go, but, but prayer really is kind of what has kept us alive, and prayer is what is going to keep us alive God answers prayer. You know that saying that prayer changes things? Well, guess what? Prayer changes things. And, and, and so many times it isn't just uh, that the things get changed, but what gets changed? We do, right. I was talking about, uh, I can't remember who I was talking to, probably somebody here, and you'll remember I was talking about, you know, this job I had where I, you know, there was a situation, and actually it was a friend of mine at the huddle, and, and uh, you know, it didn't go the way that I thought it should go. But God, you know, you know, kind of hammered me and said, you, you know, you need, to, you're, you're, you need to start praying for that person. And so I began to pray for that person, and you know what? My heart changed. And then I could, then I could see. I could see, like, well, that was the way it was supposed to go. I was mad at him because it didn't go the way I thought it should go. I prayed, and God changed me, and then I saw that that was the way it was supposed to go. And he was right and I was wrong. See, prayer changes things, but it often changes us. And, and for us to pray, you know, to pray all over the place, it's, you know, we have opportunities. And we have, we have times before church, we have times during church, at the end of uh, church, we have times on Wednesday night, on Thursday night, on uh, I have Friday night, Friday night. Uh, young adults group, there's just all these opportunities where you can come and meet with people and pray if you have some kind of need. We have a Saturday morning uh, special uh, family prayer group. And you know what? I have just been hearing reports, and I've seen it from Wednesday nights, that, that when we pray, things happen. Things happen, and, and God is answering prayers, and we, we come up against a, a brick wall in front of us, and we begin to pray, and then something changes. Some kind of a uh, um, answer begins to come just through prayer. I, I, I wrote these words on the bulletin board downstairs. I don't know if anybody saw them, but I, I said, show up, look up, and listen up. First, you've got to show up, right? 
And then you need to look up, and that's prayer. And then you need to listen up to what he might say through it. So many times we want to pray and then not listen for the answer. Well, well, if you pray, God will answer you, but you've got to listen and stop and, and try to hear what the answer might be. I have found that the answer does not usually, sometimes it does, but not, it does not usually come instantaneously. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you, you understand that? You, you, you experience that? God will answer you, but it might not be right then, right there, but he will answer you. It may, just may take a little time for him to, to, to show you what the answer is. And then all of a sudden you see, oh, yeah, I prayed about that. I forgot. I forgot, but the way ahead is prayer. I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 24. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 24 and verses 3 and 4. Some foundational verses, I believe, that uh, speak about us, really, and, and uh, our church. Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4, it says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established, and through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Excuse me, these, these, thing, these three things as we pray to build the house. The first we see there is wisdom, and, and it comes through prayer. Solomon prayed for wisdom, didn't he? And God gave it to him. God gave him incredible wisdom. The book of James tells us that if we lack wisdom, that we should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. The wisdom that we need, we pray. We need to pray and ask God for it. It's not something that we just naturally and normal and, and uh, you know, just a human kind of wisdom. It's wisdom from God. If, we, if we're going to go ahead as a fellowship, as a body, we want wisdom of how we should do that. And so we pray and we say, God, what, what should we do? We need wisdom here. We need wisdom all over the place. Well, how should we fix this? How should we make that work? And how should we go forward in this area or that area? We need wisdom, God. And, and God is so faithful, he will give it to us, it says. It's a promise of God's word that he will give us the wisdom we need. I like what it says later in James. It says this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Boy, that's the kind of wisdom I think we need. All those different aspects of the wisdom that comes from heaven, the, the wisdom that God gives us as we pray, as we seek his face. What's the second thing in that verse there? It says, by wisdom a house is built. You, know, you need the wisdom to do it, to build it. And then the second thing it says, through understanding it is established. And you can see in that word established means to make stable. That's established. And he says it's through understanding. Well, Job had these words to say. He said, to God belong wisdom and power. Counsel and understanding are his. So to ask him for understanding to, there's so many things that we do not understand. In fact, the proverb says to lean not on our own understanding, 
but to acknowledge Him in all our ways, and He will direct our paths. I want you to turn back with me to Psalm 32. Psalm 32, for just a moment, a couple of verses I want to, I want to look at there in terms of understanding. <clears throat> see, that, see, I believe that the Bible teaches us that the church belongs to Him, and so we need to go to Him. And look at verse 8, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle or they will not come to you. What is that telling us there? We need understanding and it comes from God and he's willing to teach us, but sometimes there's a problem. What is it? stubbornness, like the horse or the mule. We need to be broken sometimes, don't we? We need to be channeled, that energy and stuff that we have. And we're just like stubborn. We want to do it our way. But he says, I'm willing to instruct you. I'm willing to teach you. I'm willing to counsel you. I'm willing to watch over you. But you need to, again, show up, look up, and listen up. And he will show us the way. The Psalm writer in Psalm 119, he says, O Lord, give me understanding according to your word. There's so many things wrapped up, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, about the word of God. But, you know, we pray, and God, through his word, he gives us wisdom, he gives us understanding. Proverb writer says, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding for us to... Seek after God, no matter what it costs, to get the understanding that we need. And I like this one. In Proverbs 9.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. See, to know Him. This is, how a, this is how the church is going to be established. Not just a you know, fly-by-night uh, you know, operation. It's where we understand God's will, where we understand Him, where we know Him, where we understand the times that we live in, where we understand His Word. See, God didn't give us brains not to use them. He gives us brains to use them. And so we study, we listen, we seek Him. And then the last, the third thing there, He says that, that through knowledge, its rooms are filled through knowledge, and, and, and it, there's lots of different kinds of knowledge. Of course, there's, there's head knowledge and there's heart knowledge, and I believe they're all important. God has, has given us a capacity to know, to know Him, first of all, is what I, was I, what I just mentioned, to know His Word and to know His will. He doesn't want us to stay in the dark. He's willing to reveal His will to us and show us what He wants. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1 if you will, in the New Testament, of course. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. This is, part, this is just part of the prayer of Paul to, uh, for the Ephesians. And he says in verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
so that you may know him better. He said, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Three things he he said he was praying for them that they would know. One, they would know him better. They would know him better. Secondly, they would know the hope that he had called them to. And thirdly, his power. These are all through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The Holy Spirit of God, as as we pray, and and God by his spirit uh, enables us and helps us. It's a spiritual walk. It's a spiritual life. This is the church. He says that that through knowledge, its rooms are filled with, with rare and beautiful treasures. So many other times where, where uh, it says, like Peter says in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is something we grow in. This is something we should be continually growing in. You don't just you know, meet somebody and that's it. You meet them and, and if you're going to have a relationship with them, you get to know them a little bit better. If, if you spend time with them, you get to know them a little bit better each each time, and, and through the years, it takes years, right, to know them really well. He says, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But see, did you see what it said there? He said that through the knowledge, the rooms would be filled with rare and beautiful treasures. That part has stuck out to me for so long, and, and, and really, to me, that speaks about you, each one of you, each one of us, rare and beautiful treasures, that you are unique, each one of you unique and rare. Each one of you is beautiful in in the way that God has made you and put you together. You're unique. There's no one like you. He broke the mold, so to speak, right, when he made you. Some of you say, well, that's good. Of course, the scientists are trying to, you know, clone and remake the molds and, and make things, you know, repeat things. But, but God did a special work for each one of you. And, and, and that's why I say that, that through this, that, that, that the fellowship, the church of Jesus Christ is that, those rare and beautiful treasures that God brings together. We're all unique. We're all different. We're all special in his eye, in his eyes, in his, in his sight. Some are more special than others. Some are more unique than others. Some are more rare than others, but we're all rare and beautiful in His sight, a treasure of God. It's a very serious thing, too, to be a, a leader in, a, in the church and, 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 and you know, to understand that this, these are God's chosen people, God's special uh, people. So that's what I believe that you are, and, and uh, I want you to know that. So, by wisdom a house is built, through understanding it is made stable or established, and through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. These are things that we, uh, you know, have known for years and years, but we, sometimes we kind of, you know, lose focus, lose sight of what it is that we're doing, but I think God has kind of brought us back to this place where we pray and we say, God, show us the way. Show us the wisdom that we need. Show us the understanding, the knowledge that we need to build this house and, and that it might be something very special in your, in your sight and in your eyes. I think, you know, we've, we've been working a lot on the physical, 
uh, things uh, around the, the, the facility that God has given to us. I think clearly that God has given this place to us. But even in that, I see God working in people's lives. When you see people working side by side and, and doing something together and painting or whatever it, it might be, working in the, on the, on the, out on the grounds or in the parking lot or, or you know, in the Sunday school where you see people working together, there's something that's taking place. A very spiritual and a very incredible, powerful thing. Some more things I just want to mention, uh, and not go into a lot of detail about each one of these, but some of the things that are most important, and these are not necessarily in order, but the first one is to preach and teach the Word of God. This is a non-negotiable. There are so many fellowships that are wandering away, so many what are called churches, but they're wandering away from the, the pure and unadulterated Word of God. That is such a dangerous thing. This is something that, that we need to understand that, that uh, we need to stay in the Word of God. We need to teach the Word of God. It is the inspired, inerrant Word of God that though it is attacked from all different quarters, that God's Word remains strong and sure. And we can trust it. So we teach the Bible and we do not make... Um, we do not uh, apologize for teaching what the Bible has to say. If it has strong words for you and I, we say what the Bible says. We don't try to you know, make it soft, make it easy. It, it is what it is, right? It is what God has given to us. And sometimes uh, the Bible will hurt. Sometimes the Bible will exhort. But it's God's word. But I know that God has been faithful to speak through his word to, uh, to all who will listen. So we, we teach the Bible on Sunday and all the other times we get together, we, we always know and believe that we need God's word there. It's not just a social gathering. And, and uh, maybe there, you know, <clears throat> maybe there'll be times where you don't have a full-on Bible study, but we know and, and we build on the principles of God's word. So in our, men, our men's group and our women's group and our youth church and our, our, our youth group and our young adult group and, and any other groups, uh, group therapy, no, <laughs> that's what this is. I think I'm getting the therapy right now. We, we believe that we need to have what, we need to open the book. We need to open the word. And get into the Word and see what it has to say. And it, it may be, I find for me, if I go to a conference or something, I find for me there may be just one little snippet of something that catches my attention that is what God is speaking to me. And then, and then in our own personal lives, we need to be people of the book, people of the Word. It's not enough. And I, I say this often, and, and I... I, you know, I'm not saying it to try to make you feel bad, but it is not enough to just come and listen on a Sunday. It is not enough. Jesus said these words. He said, if you hold to my teaching, and one version says, if you abide in my word, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you abide in it, if you know it, if you hold to it, if you're part of it, he said, if you stay and stick close to me in what I have said to you, you are really my disciples. So I take from that that if you are not doing that, then you're not really one of his disciples. 
say, well, that's kind of harsh. Well, but, but that's what Jesus said. Again, that's what, the, what his word said, that, that you and I need to be in his word. You know, the truth is we watch hours and hours and hours of television. We cannot find time to spend 15 minutes reading the word of God in a day. It's, it's not right. It's just not right. And, it, and it's not enough. You say, well, I don't understand it. Well, you know what? Pray. I believe if you pray, God will help you to understand what it says. And then ask someone for help. We have so many resources in this, uh, you know, in this country of, of Bible study helps that, that, we can, that we have access to. It is unbelievable what we can find. Find a Bible that, that you can understand the language of and just read it. A chapter a day. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. Some, some folks read through the whole Bible once every year. I've done that. I, I, at this point in time, I read about a chapter a day and because I, and I, and I, I want to slow down and I want to get something. I want to see what God might say to me. And I have my pencil. You know, Mike McIntyre is always talking about underlining. He's under, underlining the people next to you with their Bibles and stuff. Under, it's okay to write in your Bible. This is not the Bible I take home with me, so there's no writing in it, okay? I don't want to be distracted here. But if you see my Bible at home, I have stuff underlined. I have little things written in there. I have, like, pieces of paper that just, like, falling out of all, from every, you know, all over the place. It's kind of a mess, really. But it kind of fits my head, <laughs> if you understand what I mean. But make it yours. You've got to have this Bible that's yours. That, that even if you only read the, whole, the New Testament, you never read the Old Testament, that's at least better than not reading anything. If you say, well, you know, I started reading Leviticus and I got, I got lost, so I just quit. You have a dispensation to skip over Leviticus. Find... A good Bible for yourself and just read it. You know, I could stop there and, 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 and you know, if, if, if you didn't get anything, because if you were stuck on an island somewhere and you, and you couldn't get to a church, and I was talking about this with my dad today, sometimes people can't get to a church, but if they have their own Bible, if you have your own scriptures, you, you, you're going to be okay. If you show up and open it up, You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. We say, oh, it's so dark, I don't know the way. Well, do, have you opened your Bible? Have you, are you reading anything in there? God speaks through his word. He does. He speaks through his word. Now, is it every time you open the Bible? Or is it, do you do this thing where you just kind of like find a place and you just, oh, that's it, and then you go, oh. Let me just read what it says. Also, the men of Memphis and Toppenese have shaved the crown of your head. What? <laughs> See, that's not always the best. <laughs> that's not always the best way to do it. But you know what? There have been times that it works for people. Why? Because it's God's word, and God can speak through his word. God speaks through his word. All Scripture is God-breathed, Paul said. 
and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you want to be ready, make it a part of your life, please. I, I, I can't stress this enough. Just try. Just try. 15 minutes a day, I think you can do that. The second thing I think, uh, uh, and again, these are not necessarily in order, but just evangelism that I, I believe that has been burning uh, you know, in us, in myself, and really in this church, and as we pray, evangelism to, to lead people to Jesus and to call for people to give their lives to Jesus Christ, to care for the lost. We've talked about that for a long time, but to tell them how to be found, that God did love the world and that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish we know the verse but we but i believe that that you know these are times when we need to be letting people know and that this is a place where they can come and and find the way to be found through the through the cross of jesus christ that that we let people know if you are searching for the truth that you can find it in jesus christ and and we want to give you that opportunity each and every time we get together on a Sunday, you have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. Each and every time. That just seems to be so important. And, and if they can't come and find it in church, where are they going to find it? Right? This needs to be a place where people can come and find Jesus. Well, that, that doesn't mean that that's all we talk about, but it's got to be a part of what we do each and every week. We all need to be, you know, trained and, and, and this, you know, studying the word together and we, we learn and we grow and depending on, you know, where we are in our walk, some of us, you know, brand new believers, some of us, you know, maybe a few years in the Lord, maybe a, some of us are 30 or 40 or 50 years walking with Jesus, but you never get too old to learn, is what I found. I remember and I... I I don't know, it's a season where I talk about Bill Kinnaman a lot, but, but Bill Kinnaman would always, and he was a believer for how many years? Long time, she says. But he would sit and listen, and he would, he would hear, and he would, he would always get something. And how do I know that? Because he would come and tell me, you know, I like what you said about, and he would have something that he heard that he got. He'd been a believer for 50 years or more, right? 75 years? 75 years. We think we know it all after like 75 days. Oh, I know all that. Oh, I'm a Christian now. I'm good. Oh, I prayed to receive Jesus. Yeah, but are you growing? Are you learning? Are you growing in grace and the knowledge of him? Anyways, my point was evangelism, though, that we've got to start somewhere and, and, and for people to find Jesus is, you know, for us to be that place. Another thing is important is fellowship, that we do need each other. We, we really can't go it alone. We can't go it alone, but, but we need to look for opportunities to kind of have some fellowship. And we need to, like, get past, sometimes get past some of the fear we have of, of getting to know one another. And we, you know, because we all kind of, like, we're, we all have a little thing. We're shy, maybe, or we're fearful of people. They might, you know... They might look at me or something or, you know, whatever it is. But, but we need to get over that and just say, you know what, hey, what's your name? My name is, and, and, you know, we need each other. 
It's a tough, hard world that we live in. And we need to help each other get through it. I need you just as much as you need me, and, and we need each other. And, and, but you know what? You can't know everybody, so you need, you need a couple, two, three, or four friends that you can like relate to. And under, you know, they understand you, you understand them. Maybe, maybe you get together uh, you know, on a, a Bible study or, you, or a small group, one of the groups that we have, or maybe you just get together and have breakfast together or something. Another thing is outreach and, and uh, really for us to be praying, and, and this is part of it, praying for, Lord, how do you want us to, to reach out? We have different opportunities. We have our festival, of course, but we, we support missionaries and missions, and, and uh, we have our radio outreach. But, you know, there's got to be other ideas, and I think we should be praying, too. Well, how else can we, what else can we do, you know, with the, the outreach to the, to the crossroads down the street? That's another opportunity. But how, what else can we do? How else can we reach out? This is what we're part of what the church is called to do is to go and to all the world and preach the gospel and, and go into all the world and, and make a difference. Another thing is worship, that we, that we are people who worship in lots of different ways. We, music is one avenue of worship, right? It's not the only avenue of worship. Sometimes serving, which is the next thing I had here, is part of worship, where you get in and serve, Worship and serving and, and, and giving, you know, giving, giving to the Lord the honor that is due to his name. And then serving where you find a spot. You know, each one of us has gifts, I believe. That's part of that, that rare and unique treasure. Each one of us has gifts that we can give, that we can serve, that no one else can do. If you don't do what God has called you to do, there's nobody else that can take that spot. So that means there's like, a, there's like a, a void there. There's like a hole there. There's something missing. If, you can't, if you're not doing what God's called you to do in a body, then, then there's, some, there's a missing piece there, you see. You say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, number one is what? Pray. You got to pray first. Show up. Look up. And then listen up. He's going to, he'll show you. But then, then through that, maybe there's things you try something. Well, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try that. Hey, does, does anybody need any help? You ask somebody. Do you need any help with anything? Well, yeah, maybe you could start over here. And, and as you begin, you know, I think, you know, it's much easier, as they say, to steer a moving vehicle than it is to one that's stopped. Right? If a car is moving, you can turn the wheel and it, it'll, it'll steer. If it's not moving, you have to actually pick it up to change the direction of it. So to get something moving, to, to try and give yourself. This is part of who we are. All these things that I've been speaking about, and there are more, of course, but we're, we have communion, we're running out of time, but all these things, they, they make up who we are. And, and the way ahead is just to be faithful to God's call upon our lives and upon our church, individually and corporately. We, we have our individual walks with Jesus, and then we have a, a corporate thing that, that God brings us together to march together like an army, like a, like a part of God's army. The way ahead is prayer, to pray. I want to take a few minutes here before we have communion.
and just spend a little time in prayer. Maybe, maybe three or four or five of you will pray out, and uh, then I will, I will uh, uh, pick it up after that. So why don't we just take a few, a few moments now as we've been talking about prayer and, and that we would pray together. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. You don't have to have King James language in your brain to pray with other people. Though there's nothing wrong with that. You meet some of the old saints and they'll pray and they'll pray in the King James language. I don't know how they do that. but I think part of it is because they're so filled with God's word. And if they use the King James Bible, then it just it filled, it fills their mind and heart. And so I have no problem with it whatsoever because it comes from God's it just comes from God's word. So why don't we just take a minute now, and and, uh, and then I'll you know three or four or five of you whatever, and then I will, I will uh, pick it back up. Father, we we come and we humble ourselves and we quiet our hearts before you, Lord. But we want wisdom, we want understanding, we want knowledge from you, Lord, for this place, this place called Calvary Chapel, Green Meadow. But not only that, for each one of us. And so, God, we pray that you. You would lead us and guide us, counsel us, teach us the way to go. We, we, we surrender ourselves and we surrender it to you, Lord, this church, this fellowship, this body. Lead us even now, Lord, as we pray. We take these few moments together, Lord, to humble ourselves before you.